Welcome to the Overwhelm is Optional podcast, where we cut through the fog of overwhelm so you can see all the ways to start creating a life that works for you. Hello, how are you doing? Welcome to this week's episode. So, how's your year started? I have to say, I'm disappointed with my start of the year, despite taking a pause despite everything I teach or because of everything I teach. So I'm disappointed with myself. I feel like I ought to be better at this stuff. I ought to, despite saying I was going to take most of January to pause, that I ought actually not to feel like pausing, that I ought to want to start beginning of January like a bull out of the gate, ready to take the world by storm. And this doesn't make any sense, does it? Because If there's one thing about me, if you know me well, it's that I really, really, really walk my walk and talk my talk. I I am the person I'm, you know, there's no rubbish here. This is me. I'm honest and I'm open. um, And I am genuinely more and more committed to blazing this trail of saying that people like me who tend to get stuck in our heads and, um, beat ourselves up for not being better at all sorts of things, not being able to figure out how to make our life work for us. We tend to be into reading. We tend to be well-educated. We tend to overanalyze. It is that the use of this brilliant mind, but not quite being able to harness the power of the the incredible human mind um, when you're deeply sensitive and and you want to live fully. There's this conflict between how do I live fully without overwhelming myself? Because the truth is that living fully means being able to differentiate between things that bring joy and things that crush us. So for me, I'm disappointed with my start to the year because I'm disappointed with myself because I feel I ought to be better at this stuff by now, which is really interesting because actually none of that's true. So it's just a feeling. And as soon as I notice that, and I'm not, and another thing is I'm not disappointed all the time. And then there's the fear of saying to you that I'm disappointed and that you will judge me and say, well, she's not very good at this stuff. See, it's this entanglement of fear of not being good enough. I think it always comes down to this. I know it does for my clients and my students In the end, it comes down to I'm not good enough. I'm just not good enough. If only I was better in some way, then whatever, everything, everything comes down to that. If only I was better in some way. And that's, and the the problem is, is that also because we're so committed to personal growth, it's easy to get addicted to that. The idea that there's always an improvement to be made because there always is. But there's a different way to see it. You can see it as there's something wrong with me and I need to improve that in order to be able to justify my space on the planet. Or you can see it as I have opportunities here. There are and there are limitless opportunities for growth. There are limitless opportunities for stuff to do, stuff to experience, people to meet it's endless. And it's that limitlessness that that what is the definition definition of living my life to the full, because there's always going to be more. And it's that, I think, that is overwhelming 
for people like you and me who, yeah, we get stuck in our heads. There is a million things or there's more than a million. There are limitless ways we can live. And it can be difficult to negotiate that without getting stuck in our heads, trying to work out, not putting a foot wrong. What if we do that and it's wrong? And I think reframing that is really helpful. So you can do something. You never know if something's completely right. There's always risk, isn't it? And it's that wanting certainty that gets us stuck, stuck in our heads, overanalyzing and saying, well, in order to do that, I need to do this first and I need to be better at this. I know that's the pattern that I'm I'm in whenever I go to offer you guys something. So whenever I go to launch anything big or small, even, and the free stuff as well, it's not. this isn't to do with money. This is to do with, is my stuff good enough? Is this episode good enough? Will this episode resonate with you? Am I being too open? Will you judge me? Am I scared? What does that do if I admit that I'm disappointed with myself? But I can turn that around because actually I'm really, really proud of myself. I'm incredibly proud of the fact that I have the courage to say I'm disappointed with the start of my year, that I'm disappointed that the same old conflicts are still there. Am I good enough? Should I be doing this? Actually, no, there's, that's the should I be doing this is never there. Not the big should. So it's four years ago in the year that I was 50 that I got really serious about questioning the direction my life was going. Stuck in a career that I'd worked so hard for and I loved, but which was literally killing me. It really wasn't good for me. It was making me ill. And obviously, I don't mean killing you know, like something really serious. I mean, taking the life energy out of me, that constant unwellness, that constant inability to sleep or to think or to have the space for joy and being able to hear the people I love when I went home. Or for me, even being able to walk in the door and cope with the excitement and joy of my dogs was became too much because I was just, I just couldn't figure out a way to go to work and do a job really, really well, because that's who I am. I want to do things really, really well or not at all. Um, and then have a life. I just couldn't work it out. It doesn't mean it was always terrible. I had a lot of fun on the way. You know, it's not that I had nine years of doom at all. No way, because I would have been out there much faster. And I think that's the problem, isn't it? Is that when we make a small change and things seem to be okay for a bit, we stay stuck in that in that, in that cycle. At least I did. And it is a cycle and it's a cycle of pushing, pushing ourselves too hard, getting stuck in our head, disconnected from the body to become more and more tired, find it very difficult because we're going to the mind to ask the mind whether we should rest or eat or move or do all the things that the body does naturally. Um, because we go to the mind and go, mm, not sure if I've got time for lunch, not sure if I've got time to move or oh, I really ought to. I'll add that to a list. So we disconnect from the body All decisions about the body or look. A lot of decisions are made from analysing, from writing things down, from planning things rather than spontaneously going, I really need to move because my neck's really uncomfortable from sitting at this desk or whatever it is for you. So for me, that, that was a big thing. And once I reconnected to my body, things rapidly improved once I learned to listen. But unfortunately for me, my body needed to literally scream at me every cell in my body until I would properly listen. 
I'm okay with that. A friend asked me at the weekend, do you regret going into teaching? No. Could Is there an alternative path I could have taken that would have been easier? Yes. But I don't, I'm, I'm, it doesn't even matter now because I'm here talking to you and I work with people who went through or were close to going through what I went through. And, and that's, I'm good with that because I love my work. I cannot tell you the joy of working with clients and students and creating things for them that work for them and then, and then noticing how they change, how they just accept themselves more and more and just find more joy because it's about happiness right we work really really hard in order to be happy and then we never get there because we're still working really really hard we get really really good at sacrificing in order to be happy and then we forget how to be happy and when we take time off we feel guilty because we ought to be doing something just in case we lose the opportunity for happiness even though we're not really spending much time in the happiness I think I liken it to you know you're climbing up you're climbing up a hill and you think you've got to the top but you haven't. So instead of sitting and looking at the view, you go, oh, I thought we'd be at the top by now because you'd planned to have lunch at the top. And you had this expectation that you would reach the top before you had lunch. Maybe you're even meeting somebody at the top to have lunch or you're walking with somebody else and and they also expected to have lunch at the top of this hill and you're not at the top. So despite the fact that if you turned around right now and looked, there's this incredible view this and it wouldn't even matter it wouldn't actually even matter if you just turn around and went back down again or you you deviated and walked around the hill instead because the view right now even though you could continue to climb for another however many hours the view right now is incredible but you don't stop because you're on a mission you said you'd have lunch at the top so you're going to keep going And all the way up that hill, you don't see the view. You miss it. So there are lots of views on the way up that you missed. And I get it because that's how I realised I really pushed myself for much of my life. But particularly when I went into career mode, I don't know what it is. Actually, I do know what it is. It is the belief that in order to have success, in a, in a Western sense. So career, career opportunities, financial security. In order to have that, we have to sacrifice. And we are taught this at a young age. And I think, I think it's much, much worse now having worked in schools. It, it is very serious from a very young age. This, you must work hard. In order to be happy, you have to sacrifice now. So in order to get up that hill, You can't pause and look at the view because you have to keep going. Now, it is true, isn't it, that you're not going to get to the top if you stay with one view. You're not going to get to the top. That's true. So it's up to you, isn't it? Where do you, which view do you want to settle for? Do you want to keep walking and seeing another view? What do you you want to go round the mountain, over the mountain? Maybe there's even like a really cool way through the mountain. I don't know. It's a metaphor and it's your damn mountain. All I know is I notice a tendency for myself whenever I'm um, really excited about a goal to just go head down, keep going and not notice 
the unexpectedly lovely moments on the way. And that's a skill, right? It's really hard, actually, to focus that well. And it's an enviable skill, you know, to be able to to cut out the procrastination and to work really hard originally for exams or starting a business. That's, you know, that's not everybody does that. So it's not that there's anything wrong with you or me. It's just that we get stuck in those habits. So those habits are successful habits. They are taught. They are good skills, the ability to focus and really go for what you want, to make sacrifices um, temporarily in order to have something that you really, really want later. The problem is, is when we get stuck in them. And I think when I know for myself that I very easily get stuck in that. And I know that's true of my clients and my students and Get Your Life Back and other courses. It's that, but I, it's that forgetting how. It's that, and it's also actually more than that. It's not realizing. We don't realize that we've adopted these habits of success and then got stuck in them and that they just don't work anymore. And it's not that you might, you know, and there can be a fear, can't there? Well, I can't drop that because I actually want to, there's more stuff I want. So I need those goals. I mean, those skills, I need those skills. I need to be able to work hard in order to get my business off the ground or get take my business to the next level or to go for the promotion at work or, or just to get that project done at work or a project at home or whatever it is. Yeah, you. but what if you could have it all? What if you could have the skills of success as in the sacrificial skills of success, but at the same time, you can do it without damaging your body? So if you could find a way where you can aim really high and have this full life, but without wrecking yourself in the process. And that's that's what I'm about. And that's what I started to. Well, it's what I was actually exploring throughout my time um, as a teacher. Um, and I really struggled. But and sometimes it worked, actually. So I really struggled as in, I think for me, it's probably impossible and I don't mind that in teaching but it meant that I tried lots of stuff out which is really cool because that's what I put into my I pour all of that into my work now and that's really helpful so I don't regret it because it's now my gift and my gold and my resource to draw on so I have the all these experiences and also I coached people during my time as a teacher so I have more to draw on and I did lots of courses and lots of reading and it's 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 a gift so no, I don't regret going into teaching, um, but I do not want to carry those those habits of ignoring my body anymore. And the reason I'm disappointed, I'm not. I'm now I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm not really disappointed. It's a temporary disappointment, as in, oh, why am I not further ahead in my business? Why am I not better at listening to my body? And the, oh, I know why this came up, my wrist. So if you've been following my podcast for a while, you'll know that my wrist was, when I damaged my wrist, was a major turning point for me. It really, really highlighted what was going on. So I'll just tell the story quickly now. So when I, so yeah, four years ago, heading into my 50th year, and I'm really ready to make big changes. I really want to, you know, leave education and, and find yeah, find myself again, I'd got lost. Um, so I set up a business. Anyway, I'm not going to go into all of that. But I was 
one of the things I did, one of the many things I did was retrain with a Zen master in Zen yoga, which is very, it's not very, it is, it has the normal yoga, but it also has this Zen philosophy and practice central to it. So it is very different in a lot of ways and very similar in other ways, I guess. But anyway, there's this real, real deep element of listening to the body. And this is my 50th year and I'm training to be a yoga teacher. So obviously stuff came up like, you're too old, your body's not good enough, you don't look like a yoga teacher, blah, 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 naggy, naggy mind. Anyway, so there I am doing some yoga online because I did, I went to, I did lots of yoga, obviously, mass is more. And also it was recommended that we did lots of, went to as many different teachers and styles as we could before we did the training because it's really good research. Anyway, I was doing some, I did it too fast, I did it mindlessly, I hurt my wrist. So I turn up at the yoga teacher training with a hurt wrist, which is useless because you, like that's, like, that's a quarter of my limbs. Oh dear. And I spoke to Daisan, the Zen master, in, in the first evening and I said, I don't know what to do, I've hurt my wrist. And he said to me, words that change my life, ask your wrist what it needs. And that's really woo, right? But he's a Zen master, so you don't question this stuff. You just go, mm, okay, interesting. Ask my wrist what it needs. So imagine my disappointment when last week my wrist was in pain. Imagine my disappointment all these years later of listening to my body, of teaching listening to your body, and my wrist is in pain. And then I, that's, that's a big part of my disappointment with the start of my year is, Oh, Heidi, are you still pushing yourself too hard? What have you done? You shouldn't, this shouldn't happen to you. You're supposed to be blazing the trail as a thought leader in this stuff. Can you see the naggingness? And why am I telling you this? Why am I telling you what could be described as my failures? Well, because I'm human. <laughs> I'm normal. I'm not a Zen master. I haven't reached that. Imagine if, um, I never, ever, ever injured my body or uh, got tired or ill or anything ever again. Like, that's that's just not normal, right? That's like, that's major. Yeah, that's, that's, I don't think that's helpful to you if I become superhuman. I mean, no, it's not. That's not, that's, I'm just, I'm just me. I'm just me and I'm practicing this stuff and it works for me. Does that mean I never injure myself? No, but what it does mean once I get past, and does it mean that my mind never does the whole berating? No, <laughs> it's going to do that. It's a warning, isn't it? Oh, you're not listening enough. You're not good at this stuff. You're a bit rubbish. And actually, it's a warning that what's really disappointing for me is the fact that I'm still questioning myself. Am I good enough? Am I, yeah, am I good enough? Am I true enough? If I'm not listening to my body enough to prevent hurting my wrist, should I be? Listen to the shoulds. Shoulds and all. Should I be having a podcast that discusses and teaches how to live more in tune with yourself by listening to your body? What a failure. Ha ha, caught that one out took me a while. So my wrist healed very, very quickly. So much more comfortable. In fact, I think it was like 
It was a, it was such a fast healing once I started listening that it was almost funny. It was almost like, oh, I've forgotten about that. And that is important, isn't it? That's really interesting. So my wrist, once again, has been my teacher. My body teaches me how to listen. And what did I find out? Well, I, I can always up my listening to my body, number one. And that will be forever, won't it? Of course it will, because there are people who are much better or even do this even more. And they probably don't injure themselves as much. I don't know. I expect so. I expect there's a spectrum of listening to your body and people are better at it than me. I'm okay with that. This is me. This is who I am. And I love myself as I am. So the disappointment is actually deeper than that. So I started doing this technique that came to me, which I've called follow the fear. So what am I really upset about to do with the wrist and the fact that I've started my year feeling not ready to go? And then I'm beating myself up because the whole point was I was having a slow start to my year. So why am I cross with myself for not having a fast start to the year? Can you see this conflicting? And it's just the pull of the old. It's the pull of the old against the new. And that's why I feel disappointed because I already want to be fully where I want to go. And that's OK. So noticing that this is what I find out. I have habits of self-doubt that I wish to release. I have habits of beating myself up, telling shoulds and oughts and not not feeling good enough. I have habits of not feeling ready enough. Um, And these are things I wish to release. So if you've been doing my turn of the year pause, and I hope you are, and I hope you're still doing it slowly, you will notice that I'm not through my turn of the year pause. Because most of what I'm talking about today is release work, which was the was it the second episode or the third, I can't remember. So it goes, uh, pause to take stock, which is your was released just before Christmas. And great feedback about these, by the way. So if you haven't done it yet, do it because it's just. And when I say do the turn of the year pause, what I don't mean is add to your list. I must do a turn of year pause and then beat yourself up for not doing it and find yourself halfway through February going, I still haven't done it. It's too late now. I'm rubbish. What I mean is. Ideally, you'd create the space to do the four episodes and you give yourself the gift of time alone to journal. But that's ideal. And I know full well that for a lot of you. That just becomes another ought and a pressure. So ideally, you'd give yourself the gift of a turn of the year pause. So you would hear me talking about the turn of the year pause. You would read my email. You would see a post about it and you would say, ah, so I can pause as the year turns. I don't have to rush. That might be enough for you. Just knowing that the turn of the year pause series exist, that might be enough. Just letting that idea sprinkle into you. Notice what that does. And then there's other ways, aren't there? There's the whole you could listen in the car. So you're not actually writing, but the questions are drifting through you and then you can notice what comes up for you. So I've noticed that the release work is is probably the biggest thing at the moment. I notice the frustration with not doing as much dreaming in imagining in what I want for 2022 because most of what I want is the opposite 
to what I don't want. And so I've gone really deep. I've been led by myself with this feel the fear um, process. So was it no follow the fear? So what? So for example, I think I'm trying to remember how I did it because I'm still developing it. So my fear is that I'm not good enough. So I'm not listening to my body enough because I'd hurt my wrist or I'm not controlling my attention enough because I'm still listening to the doubt in my head, the nagging and the shoulds and the oughts. I'm not good enough to do this work, which I know is a nonsense. Um, but when you're when we're in that place, stuck in our heads, not getting out of our body, not noticing completely neutrally what's going on, it feels real. It feels horrible, really horrible. And it's unkind. So let's not do that. So following the fear would be, OK, so if I believe that I'm not good enough, to do this work, that I'm not really blazing this trail of you can live in a way that works for you. Because actually, I keep getting sucked back into my old habits of pushing myself too hard and not listening to my body. So if I'm not really walking the walk, if there's something wrong with me, I'm not perfect. Notice this not perfect nonsense. So what's the fear? The fear is, and this for me is about value, the fear is I'll be found out this is imposter syndrome isn't it so my one of my deepest values is integrity it's integrity this is who i am i'm honest and open with you this is who i am i do genuinely i am genuinely in an experiment of changing my life i am building a business based on the idea that i can work in a way and live in a way that works for me so this is about creating work in the world that has creates change is meaningful is deeply satisfying that use, uses my unique skills and knowledge and provides me with a luxurious lifestyle and at the beginning of a of a business journey you don't get that do you? you it's very easy to sink into the oh, there's not enough money how am I going to pay the mortgage da, 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 da. so let's fall back into the overworking pushing I'll just do it for now it's temporary sacrifice and I had to resist that it didn't mean I never did it it meant that I had to hone my skills at letting go of the need to push myself too hard and then forgiving myself when I did push myself so hard. So ultimately, this is a journey of deep self-acceptance. I am human. <laughs> I am flawed. And you know what? If I wasn't, I'd be useless in this role as blazing this trail saying you can have a life that works for you. You don't have to stay stuck in your head, pretending everything's OK with all this pushing and shooting and feeling guilty whenever you take time off. So, where is it? So you follow the, if I followed the fear, it's like, well, integrity is one of my main values and, and it feels very threatening if my value, one of my core values, turns out that I'm not living up to it. But integrity is not just doing what you said you would do. It's also admitting when you can't do that and saying, I'm sorry, I messed up. So integrity is this, for me, is is what this episode's about. I, 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 I'm going through a process at the moment of deep release of disappointment with myself that my business isn't further ahead, as in um, I haven't reached more people because my dream, my, my mission is to reach as more and more people. 
and 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 for them just to even hear of things like the turn of the year pause and feel better just from hearing about it oh somebody's taking a turn of the year pause oh i didn't even know you could do that right it's the it's the ripple effect of daring to say daring to reject the normal current stuff of you sacrifice, you work hard, and then you keep sacrificing, working hard to maintain that success, that lifestyle. And we never quite reach the top of the mountain where we get to sit down and have our lunch and look at the view. And we miss all the views on the way up. And actually, you don't have to climb to the top of the mountain. You might want to settle halfway up and then walk and find different meandering views around. Like what if there's, well, there are, limitless ways to enjoy that mountain as there are limitless ways to enjoy your life and you get to choose so for me i chose to do something really difficult i chose to dare to set up a business without overworking and sacrificing my health in order to do it so the normal thing would be to you know, have this temporary sacrificial overworking until the business reaches a level where you can sit back and enjoy the view a bit and then you regain your health. That's the traditional thing, just as it's traditional in a career to work really hard, to sacrifice, da 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 until you reach until you reach what? There isn't there isn't a place you have to take that back for yourself. Now, this isn't for everybody because some people go through life without without these problems and they're not struggling with overwhelm. They've got different issues and I'm not for them. And that's the point, isn't it? I'm not for everyone. But am I for you? Do you resonate with what I'm saying? Has your year started off disappointingly overwhelming? Like, you'd really like to have this clarity. You'd really like to know what you're doing this year. You'd really like to know who you are and feel confident in who you are. And you'd like this plan, all planned out for the year. And then you just follow the plan and you and you have all this success. You just feel better. You successfully manage to, you know, do things you love and not overwork and be exhausted and not get stuck in your head. That you And you reach your goals without all of the normal nonsense that you have. Well, you know what I'm aiming for and that's why I'm disappointed with myself but when we turn that around when we notice the disappointment what is the disappointment about well the disappointment for me is is I am feeling like I'm in a circle of going oh I've been here before I know that I don't need to damage my wrist to be reminded to listen to my body because if I was listening to my body more would I not have damaged my wrist but actually if I take that to what is my wrist teaching me so I'm going to another level if I notice that argument with myself the next level to notice neutrally noticing the the note the noticing which isn't neutral is it because there's a judgment there my implied in judgment this argument with myself is that I ought not to have damaged my wrist well I can't remember what I was doing I don't even know how I damaged it anyway um so the if I neutrally notice that, I notice judgment. And then I note if I follow the judgment, I notice fear of not being good enough, not being a good enough body listener to teach listening to your body. And if I follow that, 
that goes to the integrity, which is such an essential part of who I am, that that threatens me. It's a core value. It threatens my very being or it feels like it does. But does it really? Because if I follow that, what I find is, ah, I'm judging myself. There's part of me that's that still wants my love and acceptance. And then once I notice that, I start to find freedom. Following that fear all the way through, I find some freedom. Ah, there's some more stuff that needs releasing. And as we're still in January, I'm still in this turn of the year pause. I mean, you can do release work, obviously, at any time of the year. It's a release work's a bit like, it's like having a shower. There's always something more to let go of. But what's really nice, I think, about the winter is just, it feels to me, and it, you have to decide whether it feels like this to you. It feels like a time for going deep, for, for, as in a time to pause, a time to hunker down and, and say, okay, this new year is starting. What do I not, what feels heavy that I don't want to carry through? What, what parts of myself do I want to shine a light on, even though it feels really painful? You know, because we don't like shining a light on the bits of ourselves we think we ought not to have. The self-doubt, the anxiety, um, that kind of stuff. We don't like looking at it, but as soon as we look at it, as soon as we shine a light on it, and especially when you bring curiosity and drop the judgment, and curiosity is key here, compassion, kindness, curiosity, that's interesting. I'm beating myself up, and actually I want to be on my own side. And then within that noticing comes freedom. Ah, I'm doing that again. Okay, that just that's a habit I've had for a while. I'm noticing it. You don't have to do anything. So release work isn't this big like walking over coals. It's not fireworking. I mean firewalking. I mean you can do that stuff if you want. I don't know anything about it. I'm not suggesting you go and walk over hot coals. But you can shout and you can you know, you can there is a lovely Zen practice actually where you you chuck your stuff, your junk out the window or down the garden with a big ha coming from the, the hara, the belly. And that's really nice. I mean, it's really cathartic. It's lovely. But, you know, it's not always appropriate in the middle of a day. Um, it depends if you're working on your own or not. Um, but mostly the release work comes from just noticing, particularly noticing in the body. So when you notice, oh, I'm shooting myself, I'm judging myself. I have fear and self-doubt. So that's why I'm, de- I've disappo- I'm disappointed in myself for not being better and further ahead than I ought to be. This is the normal patterns for me and my clients. Um, noticing that. And then once you've noticed it, it can be really, really helpful to either journal it out. And then you can see it for the nonsense it is and bring in some love and humor and curiosity and kindness. Um, drop that judgment. And then it can be really nice to notice if you can feel it in the body without getting over analytical. I can't feel it in the body. I don't know. I don't know what fear and doubt feels like in my body. So instead of like trying to find it, instead, just do the one minute mark. If you haven't got your copy yet, just go to HeidiMark.co.uk, the one minute mark, get it for free. Um, so you get out of your head into your body and just notice any physical sensations in the body that are ones that you think, "Ah, I don't know if I want those, (laughs) you know. So just following 
any kind of heartache or belly distress or it might be tightness in the, I don't know, the neck. These are all normal things. You might have something really funny like, I don't know, maybe your little fingers feeling a bit weird. It doesn't matter. Just get curious. If, if we if we do it playfully and kindly and curiously, we find physical sensations and then we can find them and just hold them with kindness and get curious about them. And if they're patterns of held tension, which we all tend to have because we're human, um, then if they're ready to go, just shining a light on them, as in holding them gently and kindly and curiously in your awareness, controlling your attention, then often they go. Or they might move or they might change. But just be curious. You have to drop the expectation. You're not trying to push anything out of the body. Just as when we do release work of, of habits that aren't serving us, we're not trying to get rid of them. Just notice them completely neutrally and see what they want to do. See if they're ready to go. And that's it. So this is a funny episode, isn't it? My disappointing start to the year turns out to be disappointing as in this wasn't what I wanted. This wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting because my life is so good having, you know, committed to doing things my way because I had my business last year grew enormously and it was deeply satisfying. I love the people I work with. I expected, I had these expectations. I'll start the year feeling amazing. I'll do my turn of the year. But I thought I'd do my turn of the year pause and spend most of it doing episode four, pause to dream. And what I've actually found is all of this pause to release is coming up. Release, 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 be free. And that's not what I had planned not the way it was supposed to go but this I know this will be better because this will make space for more happiness and in the end it's about happiness isn't it that's what I want happiness for me happiness for you happiness for the world so I hope that this episode has helped you in some way thank you so much for being here and thank you to all of you who have written in and said how much an episode or part of an episode has um, resonated with you and really helped you. Thank you if you have shared this podcast. Thank you if you have pressed the star button. Podcasts are found by people sharing them and subscribing. That's just how the world of podcasting works. So the more you do it, the more other people like you can find this podcast and my dream this year is to find 10 times more people and to do that I need your help so please 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 subscribe share like leave a review you can make it an anonymous review that's fine um whatever works for you but most of all take what you need from this take what you need Thank you for being here. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Overwhelm is Optional podcast. If it sounds like your kind of thing, then I invite you to go on over to heidimark.co.uk 
forward slash the one minute mark and get hold of my free audio so that you can get started on your journey out of overwhelm to creating a life that works for you instead of just working really damn hard trying to find a way to squish yourself in a life that isn't really working for you. So that's Heidi Mark. Heidi Mark with an E on the end, .co.uk forward slash the one minute mark. Thank you for listening. And anytime you feel like subscribing, sharing, liking, commenting, it's so, so helpful. It finds other people find this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Mm-hmm.